This is the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you all the big match reaction with views from the press box, the dugout and the stands. Liverpool won Mainz nil. They left it late in the day, but the Reds have their first win of pre-season. Owen Beck's vicious low cross put into his own net by Luca Kilian in the dying moments as Jurgen Klopp's Reds saw his old side out in Austria in front of 3,500 fans. Joining me, Guy Clark, to look back on the game, result and everything in between here on Blood Red, we have our Liverpool correspondent, Paul Gorst. Gorsty, I have to say... How that game finished, I'm worried for the season coming that it's going to be sort of late rewrites and late goals <laughs> over again. It was it was sort of giving me cold sweats. Yeah. Um, I've seen someone sweet saying uh, Liverpool fans have been dreaming of a Killian scoring for them, but not quite Luca <laughs> Killian for Mainz. Um, I thought, thought that was a good line, which I might have used had I not already filed something on Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, who was brought off after 45 minutes. Uh, 22, 23 players, actually. Getting involved, a little bit of a run out, but it was a typical pre-season game, wasn't it? In that it was um, really struggled to get going and um, no real chances either end. Um, not a whole lot to write home about, to be honest, but ultimately a, a decent workout for Liverpool. Um, plenty of minutes in the legs for players who uh, who need it and who will be important down the line. Uh, the likes of Trent Alexander-Arnold, obviously he hasn't played too much since that injury uh, for England and Salah was, was uh, thought Salah did okay. Sadio Mane, Nami Keita was probably the outstanding performer, wasn't he? Certainly in the first half um, for Liverpool. Um, and then you, you got a little bit of a glimpse into the future, as it were, with, with Kate Gordon, who, who impressed me again. Um, Harvey Elliott, of course, playing in that midfield three. Still think his, his best position might be on, on the right of the front three, but ultimately, you know, win, lose or draw, it's, uh, it's minutes in the legs and, you know, gas in the tank and, you move on to to Hertha Berlin on uh, on Thursday. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? It's sort of the end of the second week out in Austria, but it is the first sort of ninety minute run out. Albeit, obviously, the two elevens had forty five each. So we are still, and it feels like they've been out there ages, and that we're deep yeah. into preseason already. But we are still at the stage of sort of just adding minutes into legs. You mentioned a few of the names there, in particular. Let's I suppose focus in on that first half eleven. It was kind of the strongest side at the moment Jurgen Klopp's kind of got available to him almost who were the ones who, who stood out for you I have to say for, for me Naby Keita was a, a real surprise yeah yeah he, um, he got the uh, highest rating in, in my player ratings thing I gave him an eight um, just looked sharp didn't he it, uh, it was a typical Keita performance typical good Keita performance if you like where every time he got it he looked lively and wiry and, and he just glides past players and picks the right pass at times wasn't he and, and there was one bit of skill down the kind of right-hand side of Mainz's defence where he wriggled away from two or three and Sherb kind of got dragged back and, and it wasn't a foul, but should have been. But yeah, he, he looks sharp and, and I think he's going to need to build on it significantly. Okay, it's 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 great playing a, a nice, neat and tidy 45 minutes against Mainz. But, you know, with, um, he needs to maybe kind of dominate games more than decorate them. And um, his season ended really, really disappointingly, didn't it? He was brought off against um, Real Madrid. You know, in um, kind of... You know, embarrassing circumstances really. It's two minutes before half time, and then rather than make the change at half time, he clock dragged them off with a minute to go, and, and that was kind of an indictment of his performance. And he wasn't, I don't think he played again. I think that was the end of his season there in, in April. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it was a good 45 minutes for him. And now we need to build on it against Hertha, and then he's got to build on it 
in the, the friendlies at Anfield and then taking into the new season and, and hopefully um, can really start to put a string of games together and show that, you know, he is a £50 million midfielder because for all the nice little bits that we've seen over the three years, I don't think he's convinced me that he is um, someone who should be Liverpool's, what, third most expensive signing of all time. Yeah, it's the tease of him, isn't it? That you see those performances, you know it's within there, but it is the availability and the consistency with which he needs to be able to do it. All well and good doing it, as you say, for 45 minutes in the first 90-minute run-out in pre-season. But let's wait and see what's happening in November, December. Another one to kind of really talk about is Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. You referenced him beforehand. Mm -hmm. He's playing that central attacking role, obviously in absence of Roberto Firmino. He had clearly the best chance of that first half, but I suppose it, it sort of shows that natural attacking instinct. He, sort of, he, he will have to hone on the training ground. That won't just come. Yeah, definitely. I feel a little bit sorry for him, to be honest. I know um, Klopp mentioned back in April that they were looking at maybe trying him as a bit of a number nine at some stage. And given Liverpool's running, they, they couldn't, couldn't really test it out. They just needed to win every game and, and just get the season over with and hope that they were in the top four. And, that's ultimately what they've done. So he's had to wait for his chance um, as this kind of new number nine, if you like, reinventing himself a little bit. Um, but he said as recently as, as last week, I think, that he still sees himself as a central midfielder. And it was this was a sticking point for why he left Arsenal four years ago. You know, Arsene Wenger was playing him, pretty much played most of his career in the front line, didn't he? In wide positions, and he played as a wing-back at times, and very rarely did Wenger trust him as a centre-mid, um, Klopp did when he came to Anfield four years ago and, and he was looking like he was going to blossom into a superstar until he got that knee injury against Roma and he's never really recovered from that but it's three years ago now, that, that injury. Um, so maybe this is um, a little bit of a, not so much a, a make-or-break summer for him but it's, um, you know, in a, in a, if Liverpool do sign another midfielder then that's going to be obviously another body in, in, the, in, this, in the path for him to play in centre-mid. So maybe he'll get more games as a centre forward, but it's a tough one to learn, isn't it? Being Liverpool's number nine, and I think at a time when Manchester United are signing Jaden Sancho and Chelsea getting linked with Erling Haaland and Man City getting linked with Kane, Liverpool are looking on being betting the midfielder into a number nine and kind of shows where the clubs are, doesn't it? Maybe off the pitch financially, and I feel a little bit sorry for him really because that's not a, a thing doing, but. Um, might be some kind of people who um, will be overly critical of him if he doesn't, you know, turn into a you know a, a natural number nine who's looked like he's played there his whole career. No, most definitely, and as you say, he's kind of a a frustration for the player, as you say himself, just still waiting to kind of really launch off with his Liverpool career. But another who's looking to do that, and maybe we got a first glimpse to the opening day of the season was Ibrahima Kanate and Joel Matip partnering one another at centre half. There's plenty of power in that defensive duo, isn't there? And I suppose we we are now beginning to already two sort of brief glimpses, seeing exactly what Ibrahima Kanate is all about. Yeah, he, he wasn't overly troubled, was he, in, in that first half? But uh, Klopp said after the game that um, Gomez and Van Dijk aren't going to be risked against Hertha Berlin on Thursday. So maybe um, it's going to be a game where Klopp doesn't use 23 players or 22 players. It might be a game where you see players get 60, 70 minutes in the legs. And I think 
Canate and Matip now are pretty much nailed on, aren't they, if, if they stay clear of injury to play against Norwich on the 14th of August. Uh, and I don't think there should be any concerns with that. I think Canate looks looks the real deal. Um, we've only seen him in, in fleeting glimpses at the moment, having in a Liverpool shirt. But you can just see him kind of glide across the pitch. His recovery pace is, is incredible. Um, he looks fairly comfortable on the ball as well. And, and Joel Matip, if he stays fit, he's, he's top class for me. I think I think before Canate's arrival, I'd probably say when everyone's fit, Liverpool's defenders, then it's, it's Matip and Van Dijk. And that obviously is a big if with Matip. He only played 10 times last season in the Premier League, I think. So, yeah, it, the, the only kind of obstacle for Matip is just to stay fit. Um, and so far, so good. I, I, think, um, I think they've got the makings of, of a good... Solid centre-back partnership while uh, we wait on the, on the big number four to, to get back on the pitch. Yeah, as you said, they're not going to be risked against Hertha Berlin. That game's sort of just over two weeks away from the start of the Premier League season, isn't it? It, it may be, may well end up being sort of not until after that first international break we sort of start seeing Gomez and Van Dijk really starting games. And I suppose that is the case, isn't it? Precaution is going to be king with, with those two. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Especially when you've got... Um, you've got players fit in that, that position is it might be a little bit easier for Klopp to take the gamble and roll the dice if he was in you know if he encountered something similar to last season where they were dropping like flies and tends to back but now at the moment he's got as things stand can I say matter look like they're going to be starting against Norwich Nat Phillips was uh, left out as a precaution on Tuesday but he got 45 minutes tonight and I think he kind of relished the seniority alongside Billy Cometio so Liverpool have got players there, haven't they? Um, ben Davis, of course, um, wasn't there today. He he slung back to England for uh, what was described as a, as a private matter. So uh, not linked to any impending transfer away from Liverpool. But if he does stay, then he's obviously another body who can play in that position um, in certain games. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's gone from famine to feast in in the centre back ranks for Liverpool, and I think um, Klopp is willing to be patient and um, take precautions and slowly ease. Gomez and, and Van Dijk in particular back into it. Yeah, we'll have to obviously see how long it does take them to fully recover. But in terms of mentioning Nat Phillips there, he, Curtis Jones, Cleveland Kelleher, Nico Williams, all sort of their first involvement during pre-season. But uh, the three of them there, Jones, Phillips and, and Williams, all played in that second 45. And just briefly touching on it, it was sort of those guys and a number of young players, and in particular, Kai Gordon and Owen Beck, who, in the end, got the assist for the goal that we've we've not really spoken about. Those two in particular look really impressive so far on this preseason tour. Yeah, I think they, they've taken the chance, haven't they? Definitely. Um, Kate Gordon looks, looks like a real talent, but he's someone who's already obviously played in the Championship, made his debut in December, I think, and then um, yeah. obviously made the move to Liverpool shortly after. He played uh, on the way Rooney at uh, Pride Park. Uh, no, it's not Pride Park. Is it the iPro now? Is it? Well, no, it's it's no, it's Pride Park again these days. Yeah, no, it's, it's flipped back round. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he's obviously uh, got um, you know was good enough to be given a run out in the second tier, and and that was something that obviously Harvey Elliott had done when, when Liverpool brought him to the club. Um, made his debut for Fulham in the in the League Cup at Millwall, and then played against Newcastle or Southampton. I think still the youngest player in the Premier League, and. Gordon seems to be someone who's, you know, following a little bit of a similar path. Um, still early days, of course. I don't think he's going to be playing any, any kind of senior games next season. But um, just kind of looking ahead to, you know, the the youth ranks and players who were kind of coming up, coming up the ranks 
on that side of things. He's going to be playing 18s football this season. I'd be surprised if if he did play 23s. But um, yeah, it's looking like a really you know, strong selection of young players uh, in the academy at the moment. And I'm full credit to Vita Matos to have those conversations with Pep Linders and with, with Klopp to basically let them know that these lads are definitely worth looking at um, and giving them a go. And, and players like Leighton Clarkson continuing his his development. I thought it was interesting with him the other day when he was talking about kind of taking on responsibility because he'd already been involved with the first team in the, in the Champions League at Michelin and, and he was kind of thinking, well, I've already been around this group, so I'm going to show Kai Gordon and Owen Beck and Tyler Morton, you know, just what it's all about and this is how it works and whatever else. And, and that, that was good to hear. So, yeah, there, there are loads of, um, loads of players who you look at now in Liverpool's youth ranks and think, this lad's going to have a career that this lad could do a bit and, and it's just going to be interesting to see, uh, see it develop. Yeah, definitely. Right, before we go then, there is a bit of transfer news to get into. We You mentioned before, obviously, Ben Davis flying back to the UK. That not to do with transfer business, but another player who is still out in Austria for the time being is Harry Wilson, but it looks as though a move to the Championship could be uh, beckoning for him. Yeah, Fulham, Fulham isn't it? We've, we've seen that the last few days. Fulham have, have been edging nearer and nearer and it looks like he could be on his way. Um, people at the club Playing it down a little bit, saying he was left out as a bit of a precaution in case, you know, that move does come to fruition. But um, I think I think it would be quite telling that uh, he, you know we didn't play a minute. Liverpool were looking for about about fifteen million for him, but I think now they've had to kind of reluctantly accept that they might need to be looking for a little bit less. So I think possibly somewhere between ten and twelve will be the figure. And Marco Silva seems to be keen on a player who's got plenty of Championship experience and obviously. Uh, he's been around the Wales setup for quite some time now, so yeah, um, that is certainly one to keep an eye on. Um, more cash in the Liverpool coffers, as it were, for uh, for incomings, and yeah, um, I suspect Wilson may have played his, his last game for Liverpool. Yeah, well, we started with Killian. We may well end with it because the, the pot may be getting raised high enough. No, I'm only joking. Of course, that is it from us, though, here. Looking back on the win over Mainz with our Liverpool correspondent, Paul Gorst, myself, Guy Clark, and uh, thanks for joining us here on Blood Red. Until next time, it's bye for now. You've been listening to the Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red channel.